everyone. Welcome back to Grace Unscripted. Today I'm joined by a friend of mine, Jesse Dolan. And Jesse and I met in the fall of 2017. And uh, we met, the way we met was kind of funny. We had each been in contact with Pastor Nate Rail about ways that we could kind of reach out and start some men's ministry for the men here of Grace Church. And uh, our ideas were like crazy similar. They were so they were so much the same that Nate put us in touch with each other. And then eventually, Jesse, Nate, and I, we sat down and we created this Man Up Connect group together. And so that's how, that's how I got to meet Jesse. Uh, and since then, I've really enjoyed getting to learn from him, see his viewpoints on parenting and marriage and the way he goes about having a healthy family life. He does an awesome job. And so I really hope this episode encourages you. I think it's going to give some helpful pointers for all of us, uh, for you and for your family. And so thanks for listening, and welcome to Grace Unscripted. Jesse, thanks for being here, man. We had a rough night last night. The Buckeyes got smashed by Purdue. I was a little grumpy this morning when I woke up, but... uh... The morning's being redeemed here now. We're here with Jesse, so I'm, I'm ready to go. Praise um, the Lord. Yeah. Well, Je- well, Jesse's a cool guy. If you haven't got to know him, Jesse Dolan, um, he's a friend of mine. He's, uh, he's played an important role here in the church, and so I was excited to bring him on in um, to chat with him today. I think we're going to learn a lot from him. I think he's, he's a special guy. He's very intentional. He has a, a, great, um, a great passion and directive to how he wants to, to lead his family, and I think um, for someone like myself, I'm 33, there's a lot for me to learn from him. And so I think as, as the listeners are here, I think you guys, whether you're a man, woman, whatever, you're going to take a lot from him and um, kind of how God has changed his heart and, and given him a purpose for, for life here. And so I'm pumped to get rolling here. I, I know one thing that we've done together is, so Jesse and I have a background together. We met um, leading a connect group called Man Up, and we did that last winter. And we had a lot of fun together doing that. Um, God really um, gave us a cool opportunity to meet with a bunch of guys. And what we were trying to instruct them in is that the Bible kind of gives us a, a clear design picture of, of who we are called to be. And sometimes I think we're, we're caught up in running around trying to live life, and it's like there's no blueprint here. Like, what am I supposed to do? And there's so much going on. Um, but one thing that Jesse spoke into, our, into my life, into the men's life, is like, hey, there's a pretty clear directive here of what God's met you to be, uh, God's made you to be. And so I just wanted to start with that, Jesse, like how has that impacted you? And, and what are you looking at when you would say, you know, there's a design here that I want to step into? Yeah, Ben, thanks. Um, I think just to back up a little bit, a little bit about myself, you know, I grew up in Northeast Ohio. Where are you from exactly? Uh, grew up in Green. Yeah, I was, know where Green is. So I, I'm from Wadsworth, so we played sports against each other. Yeah, it was a yeah. township. Now it's a big city. Yeah, it's, it's hopping now. <laughs> So, I always found it weird that their colors were orange and black, though. It's a very strange yeah, thing to Yeah, I be can't explain green. that. That's a, that's a much longer conversation. Um, but, uh, yeah, just a little bit about my upbringing. I, I just grew up in this area. My family's from Stowe, um, my mother and father. My dad was the oldest of six. My mom, the oldest of ten. Your mom had nine yeah. brothers and sisters? Yeah, she was the oldest oh. of those ten. So I'm the – in my family um, – on on my mom's side, I'm the oldest of 31 grandkids, and on my dad's <laughs> side, I'm on the oldest. I'm the oldest of 17. So that's it's just, insane. Yeah, so it's it's just big family. Always in Ohio. Always hoping the Browns win. Just uh, you know, born and bred Northeast Ohio. You know, us against the world type of mentality. So no, no doubt. So I um in my family, my dad had me. He had uh, I have a younger sister and two younger brothers. Um, and in the last uh, 
14 years, uh, I've had four children, my brother's had four children, my other brother's had four children, and my sister's had five. So there's 17 cousins running around now. So we're, we're keeping up the train. You guys are slowly taking over Northeast yeah, Ohio. Yeah, we are. We're our own little Dolan town is what we like to call it. But I just I, I give you a little bit of that history just to know that I'm used to a big family. I'm used to, you know, organized chaos. And um, I got married to my wife, Christine, uh, 22 years ago. And we were really caught up in just the American dream. So, yeah. you know, you go to go to high school. Um, everyone tells you to go get a college degree. So we went and got the college degree. Um, both of our, our um, families are kind of blue collar. So we kind of broke out into uh, yeah. getting that four-year degree. Um, we got married at like in 96. I'm 44 right now. So uh, I was 21. Here we go. Um, I was and, young too, so I know how that how that is. Yeah, so we just jumped into it. And we were kind of, you know, get a house, get two cars, get a dog. Now we start having kids. And I think we, we um, kind of got to the end of that American dream pretty quickly um, and realized, hey, there has, this isn't satisfying. We're, we're, there's still some holes. There's still some emptiness. Um, why is that? And, and Christine was raised Lutheran. I was raised Catholic and then Christian. Um, but I kind of rebelled against God and, and felt like there was a bunch of rules and guidelines, but I didn't really understand the relationship. So in 2001, um, Christine and I rededicated ourselves to the Lord. So that was about 17 years ago. Um, and we still didn't have any children yet, but we were doing very well in our careers. Uh, I had a four-year degree. She did. We both finished our MBAs. Um, so we, we were, um, you know, again, being very successful in that unfulfilling American dream. Um, and we moved to northern Kentucky, and um, that's where we started to get really involved with the church. And so um, what happened is we we got involved with coffee, you know, coffee ministry, greeting people, uh, doing um, new marriage counseling, life group leadership. Um, we had boundless energy, no children, two incomes, and just a ton of resources and didn't realize it. Um, and kind of fast forward into about nine years ago, um, we had a five-year-old, a three-year-old, Julie and Josh. Um, we uh, took custody of a 16-year-old uh, young woman we met in our church, um, and we found out we were pregnant with twins all in the same week. So our oh, wow, household, that's, that's yeah. incredible. Yeah. That's <laughs> exhausting. I'm tired just listening to that. Yeah. I can't imagine that. So I love that you said it was incredible and exhausting <laughs> yeah. in the same sentence. Um so it was, it was, you know, that was nine years ago. Um, we had a five-year-old, a three-year-old, a 16-year-old, and two brand-new babies all in the same house. That sounds like a TV show. It could have been. It was a little bit prior to reality television, yeah. but it would have been a – we probably could have, could have taken that one to production. Oh, my goodness. But what we realized, Ben, is, you know, um, man, we, there is not enough time in the day. There's just not. There's not enough time to be in the men's group, to be in the women's group, to lead a life group then to spend time with our children, then for Christine and I to have a relationship. There, there's just, there wasn't, a, there wasn't enough. Um, and so, you know, I felt like Christine and I um, were just struggling to, to do everything well, or sometimes even at all. Um, so we, we were fortunate to really dig into God's word. And, and this brings us to the first question you asked, you know, what's God's design? And that was really powerful for me. I found that in Genesis. Um, and I found there's a couple scriptures that, that 
um, in Genesis 1 and 2 that really stick out for me. Um, one is, so God created a created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created him. So he also commanded us in the next verse to be fruitful and multiply. So I'm like, okay, we, we're like God, um, and now we're supposed to have children. Check, I get that. I'm, I'm living that right now. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, in Genesis 2, he says, I will make a helper for him. So my wife was along to help us on this journey. That's great. Um, but then we got into Deuteronomy. Um, and Deuteronomy, I felt, was like kind of the what we were supposed to do with our children. We were supposed to teach them diligent, diligently um, and talk with them, sit with them in your house, walk with them, and lie down with them, and when you rise. So basically... Um, our household should be a, a place where we're constantly talking about um, God's story in some way. So I, I kind of meshed all those verses together just to say that um, God had a really good design for passing on a story. He said it was going to be a man and a woman. Um, you're going to have children. And then if you spend time um, teaching them about me, um, then they'll know my story. And I've just found that in my life, whether it's good or bad, fortunately my life's been really good, there's something special that a mother and father have um, to pass on wisdom, experience, traits to our children. And mm-hmm. no one else can do it that way. And so that was super freeing to me and a really good understanding that, hey, if, if God designed it, it's going to work. And that just took off a ton of pressure yeah. for me as a trying to balance all those things twins at home a 16 year old that wasn't our child that came out of a distressed home um you know a five-year-old a three-year-old my wife's you know switching from you know corporate america to staying in the home and trying to find value there and what was her role there that's a whole nother hour podcast right there yeah so but if you if you stack all these things up in a big list and you try to fit them into a um you know, a time frame that you look at by the minutes and hours you have in a week to accomplish them, it's super overwhelming. But if you realize that God's design is good and it works, then, um, I don't know, there's a lot of freedom in that. A knife cuts, a fork stabs food, a family, you know, projects the image of God. And if, if you set up your rhythms and routines in your life, um, it can make sure your children know Jesus, which yeah. is uh, super important for us as parents. That's what he, he called us to do. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. So that's, there's a lot in that. So I want to, um, maybe we can walk through that. So break that down exact. Let's put some skin on it. So you kind of, the first thing you alluded to is, um, th- this idea that God created us in his image, which you kind of elaborate on that we were made as his image bearers. You know, we get to be, um, the ones to show him to the world. Now we're going to focus on what that looks like in the home to yeah. be his imagers to our children. Um, but that also that he made a helper suitable for us. Yeah. Um, like he made Christine for you yeah. uh, specifically. And so I'd like to dive in there and talk about it for a little bit because just in my time with you, I, I know that this is um, this has kind of been a big passion in your life. And, you know, frankly, it's a passion of mine too. I, I don't think that men talk enough about marriage. I think we leave that to the wives a little too much. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is such an important um, important part of, of, of our lives is, is our marriages. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and as you said, like God made us a, a suitable helper. And then he goes on to say that um, he follows that up. It's repeated several times in the Bible 
when he says that the two will become like one flesh, they will be joined and become one flesh. Um, it says that right there at the beginning, and then it's um, it's expounded upon in the New Testament. Paul says that in his kind of famous little piece that's read at the weddings in Ephesians 5. Um, what does that mean to you? How does that impact you um, when we talk about the idea of you and Christine being made one flesh? Like, what what does that mean? Hmm. Well, I, I think... For me, it's meant that um, over time, we've both kind of chipped away at each other's uh, rough edges and become um, more like Christ um, together. Um, And ultimately, I think God's trying to get us um, to be more like him and display his characters. So both of us on that journey together and kind of keeping God in the center, he he puts... um, you know, I, I can have a conversation with you right now, and we'll walk away, and, and it'll be a nice conversation, but I don't have to live with you. I don't have to be accountable to you, and you're not going to give me feedback on an hourly basis on whether what I just said I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I feel like that, that marriage relationship is super special in that Christine gets to hear the things I say, gets to see the things I do, and then she gets to um, be on the other end of, of receiving either that uh, me being obedient to God or, or me following my own desires. So that that relationship is constantly creating us um, into uh, one entity that uh, tries to become more like Jesus. Yeah, it's um, super It's super unique. It's like there's nothing, it's a, else, like there's it. nothing else like it. I, I was looking, um, we had dealt with this passage um, when we did Man Up Together, and, and we spent a, a good deal of week two on, Ephesians 5 and we looked at Paul's words and uh and really digging into that the, the whole basis of it is kind of overwhelming it's to the point that he even says at the end of it like this is a mystery it's so absurd that the two of you become one flesh but what I'm describing to you is that you have to picture your marriage through a lens of like me saving Jesus speaking here like saving the church like all of a sudden we're becoming so intertwined and connected you can't really separate us as a man and a woman mm-hmm. we're just like one entity now. Mm-hmm. And I've heard Jeff talk about this up front. I remember one time you were saying, like, you got to understand with marriage, like, and he was saying, if, if I have a friend, Jeff speaking again, if I have a friend and they're like, yeah, I really like Jeff. I'm just not a big fan of Heidi. He's like, then we're not actually friends because you can't be my friend and not like Heidi because that's saying I don't like Jeff. That's how close we are together. I thought that was such a cool way to explain it. <laughs> it's just like, hey, we're one. And that's such a unique thing. I, I remember talking about with you of like the privilege here and also the responsibility that you get to know Christine way more than anybody else will. And she gets to know you way more than anybody else will. Mm-hmm. That's a special thing, isn't it? Well, I think it's special because, again, someone knows your true self or more than anyone which is else ter- knows Which can be terrifying. Self. Yeah, but they still choose to love you. Yeah. Um, so that's really special. I think... The other thing I, I've learned in this relationship, uh, our sin hurts each other. Yeah, man, um, that's so that's so true. Yeah, and so uniquely hurts each other. Yeah, because they know they know um, our biggest weaknesses. We've shared that in confidence, and and um, they can bring that up in conversation. And kind of, uh, I often say Christine's words are um, often true, but her delivery is not how I'd like it. <laughs> and then she often responds, well, Jesse, if I talk to you in the morning, the evening, the afternoon, I write you notes, I send you emails you don't like to hear it. And so 
uh, I've come to realize that God really uses her as a mirror to show me where my my um, words don't necessarily line up with my actions. Mm-hmm. And so I've, I've come to um, trust her voice in that. But uh, another piece that's really important on that, that sin and how it hurts each other has been, um, you know, I can be really angry about how her maybe a, a certain condition in her that is repeated repeats um, affects me. And so I'm angry about the impact on me. I'm not angry that Satan is attacking her and my family through her and, and I need to help, um, you know, reveal truth or um, study God's word with her and heal that actually in her. So she doesn't, um, you know, continue to, 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 to fall back on that, that sin behavior. Yeah. Um, and I, the best example that came to me was, you know, if if my wife had cancer and I kept finding clumps of hair around the house and I took the clumps of hair and, and, and just showed people and I was like, man, listen, she is, she is so, she has cancer. Like, I can't believe how, how selfish she is by keep leaving her hair around the house. Everyone would be like, dude, you got some real issues. Yeah, you get some problems. So if you, you correlate or compare or in this analogy say, hey, um, you know, cancer is sin, I should be more concerned with eradicating the cancer than the impact of that disease on hmm. my inconvenience or my hurt. Hmm. And so that's good. That's a, that's hard though. Cause, um, you know, the, the, the things we do that aren't in alignment with God, which is sin, uh, impact those around us we love. And it's hard to look past the sin and, and look towards a way to work with God and, using this vehicle of marriage to um, eradicate that from mm-hmm. either either one of us. So that's part of that becoming one as well. That's interesting. I remember I, w- I want to push into that for a second because you actually brought something up to me several months ago that I had never really um, understood or looked at correctly. Looking at Paul's words again there in Ephesians 5 as we kind of sit in that for a second is he says something that you just kind of picked up on is you said like eradicating things, eradicating the sin in, in your wife. Now, if I would go on Good Morning America and I would say it is my role to cleanse my wife and eradicate the sin from her as I lead her, I would probably be stoned in the studio, right? Yeah. But that's exactly what the Bible says. That is exactly what it says. I mean, I have it right in front of me. It's that you cleanse, that you're cleansing through the washing of the word in order to present her as spotless. Like that's that's on you. I, I had never had someone tell me that. Like, Ben, it's actually on you to use the Word of God in your relationship mm-hmm. with Him to help cleanse your wife, not from a selfish point, but to make her shine as she's made to, to do for the God of the universe. That's incredible. That was a really cool thing I got from you. Yeah, thanks. Uh, um, Paul wrote it down, so I well, just we'll repeated take, you it. You got it from Paul. I got it from you. Whatever. We're all getting well, it. Well, there's, there's two pieces that. I, someone told me that you need truth and love, and the truth part is God's word. Mm-hmm. The love part, which is the rest of that verse, is we're supposed to love our, our, our lives as Christ loved the church. And, I, man, that's a hard one because I want to love Christine <laughs> to the degree that she loves me. Yeah. But Jesus loved the church, and we put him on a cross. Yeah. So... Um, that's a really a selfless love, almost an expectation that when God says the church that it's going to be really hard and it's not going to be always reciprocated. It's, it could be. Um, hmm. So I think. Let me plug. Can I? Yeah, yeah. I never. That's a cool point. So that I, I've read this so many times, and my wife and I, um, I have actually married a couple this weekend, so we just finished their premarital counseling, and we sat in this. But I had never really thought of it that way. That. Um, 
that Christ loved the church so much. I always look at it through the lens of Christ. I'm like, man, he gave it all. But then you never really think about the fact that, like, oh, but we didn't back. Yeah, That's no. interesting. Like, yeah, yeah, like you're called. He died for us. Mm-hmm. On the, I mean, he gave his life, everything mm-hmm. he had mm-hmm. for the church. Mm-hmm. And the, for a lot of us, for much of our lives and, and for Israel in the day, they, they didn't give it back. That's interesting. So you're saying, like, that doesn't matter. Not according to Paul, which, yeah. um, you know, he wrote, God put those words down for us for a reason. But I think the the other piece of that is just if you have a friend that always tells you truth or a close relationship, it's interesting. But it's not. They can tell you, you know, you didn't work out this week. By the way, you're not managing your finances well. By the way, I, you know, the way you, you talked to your wife just wasn't appropriate. And you're kind of like, dude, that's that's nice, but if he says, hey, and I understand it's hard, and I really care about you, and we spent 10 years together, and we went to college together, we played basketball together, mm-hmm. like, I love your wife, I love your children, and I'm doing this because you need to hear this truth, mm-hmm. it's totally different. And on the other hand, if you have a friend that is always just encouraging, Ben, you're doing everything great, the way you talk to your wife's perfect, and there's no ever any truth, iron sharpening iron is definitely not happening there. And that's so it's just you have to have both, and I think mm-hmm. that the verse you brought up with Paul there is is both. We got to love our wives, and we got to cleanse them, and and we can't do that just on our own wisdom either. We need to be spending time with God, so He yeah. helps us discern those sin patterns. Yeah, and those things. I that I, I go there too. Like for for me, when I read that, like I take away like okay, like I have quite a responsibility speaking into her life here, but the other responsibility I get out of that is like, oh, I better know this word then, like <laughs> yeah. like yeah. if I'm gonna. Like, let alone what he's calling me to, to do for my children. Like, if, if he's really setting me up to lead her spiritually, like, oh, I better do my best to let God's word speak to me or else I'm just leading her blindly, you know? Maybe getting back a little bit to, you know, I realize now that God designed it, mm-hmm. the marriage, the family, um, and and now I'm supposed to instruct my children all through the day and the week. Um, now what do I do with that? Yeah, because you got a job. I got a job. Uh, so You travel too some right now. You, you didn't for a while, but now you've got a new adventure, and you, so you've been a little more on the road. And Yeah, I've, I've been working for corporate America for 20 years. Um, I'm a vice president now. Um, which is just says there's a lot of responsibility there um, outside the home. Um, so, you know, if I sat down and I did, because I'm, I'm kind of geeky, I just wrote down the hours I have in a week. And a lot of times we think we have about 12 hours a day, but I look at it more as like variable and fixed hours. So our fixed hours is we got to go provide. Um, our variable is everything we build around that, kind of. There's other fixed things that have to be done there. But if I look at me getting up at 6 a.m. and going to bed at about 9 or 10 p.m., you know, I'm really mostly providing from 6 to 6, Monday through Friday. Mm-hmm. So I have about 20 hours during the weeknight and maybe another 20 hours on the weekend. Mm-hmm. So 40 hours a week to be with my family. So I got to eat with them. We got to do all the chores and responsibilities of a household. I got to date my wife. Yeah. I got to take care of this old body. Um, I got a, you know, so I got my extended family. I got friends. I got relationships. So when you really start, every hour really, really counts. So I was confused when we understood that, when we kind of came to this understanding of this is our responsibility. You know, I'm doing good things. I'm in a men's group. I'm in a women's group. I'm in an elder. I'm doing a life group. You know, we're serving. 
but my kids are going off to a school system. They're when they come into the church, they're going into different rooms in the church. So I just I couldn't recalibrate and reprogram my life and reprioritize my life with all that there. So mm-hmm. Christina and I wiped the slate clean. We stepped mm-hmm. back from all those responsibilities for a year and said and we didn't know how long it was gonna be, but we were so like So you just kinda of press pause everything outside of your job? Everything outside and your of my family. Job. Yep. You were just like pause and we're gonna see where this time goes. We're gotta we gotta clear it. Huh clear it, study God's word, and say, what are we going to add in? That's the most important thing to make sure we're discipling our children. Hmm. So it's super hard. I mean, because we <laughs> yeah. got a lot. As you much, know, probably had a lot going on. Well, it, yeah, we did. So we disappointed some folks. We had to, we had to say no and oh, be okay sure. with that. Like if I stepped back and was like, hey, guys, this podcast is going great. I'm out for two years. They'd be like, but, but you just started this. Yeah. So I'm sure there were some people in your life that maybe even misinterpreted it. Of like, DJ, what are you doing? And you're like, no, no, this is what God well, yeah. and, and is leading me to do. Yeah, and I mean, Christine, uh, another piece of this was, hey, are, where are our children going? Julia had started kindergarten in the Hudson School System. A great school. Yeah, nice school. Best schools. in the country. Some of the best in the country. And we're like, hey, um, you know what? When they leave our household for those many hours a day, we're missing an opportunity to spend time with them. Well, should we homeschool? Well, man, when I was growing up, if you homeschooled, you know, you're, you're almost um, – Backcountry, yeah. Um, uh, you might not ever socialize with people. Yeah, kind very of the, anti- the, stigma. the stigma of like, do do they know how to have a conversation? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're like, what does that even mean? So we started doing some research there, um, and I'm not prescribing one over the other. We just came to the realization that that is time that if if that potentially we would get to work on their character and their schooling, but mostly their character, um, and just spend more time with them. So maybe we should consider that, which was. You know, <laughs> never even on our radar. Yeah, because your wife has an MBA. That's not what she's. No, we were of. public. We went through the public school systems. We went to you know Ohio State, Akron U, Cleveland State. Um, so we were not thinking that that would be maybe an area that God would say, "Hey, here's some time here." Um, and then you know our family kind of looked at us like we were a little different, and we stepped back from some family functions. I told you, you know, we we. The population of Northeast Ohio is about a third Dolan. Yeah. So not showing up was, you know, there's expectations with the family there. So, you know, we, we did a couple things. Um, you know, discipling your children, what does that mean? How do you do that? And, it, and then, then we're, we're told you're responsible for your children understanding the Bible. And you just kind of said, hey, I better study the Bible if I'm going to yeah. teach it. But we don't know what that means as men. It is so simple. We, it's not you don't have to study Latin, pull out old Greek text, you know, go get a theology degree. If you're list, if you're reading Christian blogs, if you're listening to Christian radio, if you're, you know, attending the church service, there's nuggets that God is giving you. You might think they're just super small, but it can be a 15-20 minute half hour conversation with your family. So, mm-hmm. what is God teaching you? In my job there's conflict. Sometimes I got to love either others and they don't love me back. How do I can share that story with my children some of christine and i's conflict about money time what are we going to do with it um we can break that down into bite-sized pieces and have conversations with our children even at a really young age we were able to do that but it we, we really started with a you know a bible it was the storybook bible yeah we have that okay um and it was just a half hour routine a night we added into our i schedule. couldn't recommend that bible enough to people <laughs> if you're listening and you have young kids or Honestly, like I've I've recommended that this might sound absurd. If you're 35 and you've never and you've just come to like grace and you're starting to see who Jesus is, like that 
I know it's called a children's Bible. That is an incredible Bible. Yeah. Like I can read that and be like, oh, like I'm learning something from this. So speaking to our kids, it's awesome. Yeah. And that is a great Bible. And it's 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 as much as the Word of God super powerful, and that's a great tool, it's the routine that you set up doing it at a certain time every night that is hard with young kids um, for Preach. about four to six weeks. But then it's easy. The, what becomes hard with the young kids isn't that now they're sitting and listening. It, it's now they expect it every night. So your routine you just set up gives you accountability to your family, hmm. which is super it, at first, it's hard. They're screaming. Someone needs a, yeah. their diaper change. Someone threw a bottle across the room. One of the kids is screaming. But if, if you just stick with it for you know four to six weeks, you'll be shocked at um, now that now it's something that they're used to, and that's what a rhythm and routine and habit is. Um, we also um, interjected family worship into our, our family which we, we'd have Christian radio on occasionally, but we didn't set aside time as a family to just um, worship God. I have no musical talent. Oh, me neither. I'm a terrible musician. Yeah, and, and at least my side of the Dolan family and Christine's side of the Vassal family, we, we can't even sing. No, so, that's how I am. Yeah, so Actually, yeah. we're toned up. Yeah, me too. We don't pick up instruments. So how the heck are we going to do family worship in our home? And uh, really what we did is we went on YouTube. Um, we created a family worship playlist. Um, which we can access from any of our connected devices 24-7. And um, the kids add songs to it. We add songs to it. Um, and we play it for a half hour, occasionally, every other night maybe. But the kids love that time. And, um, again, they're coming together. We're not watching Netflix or we're not, you know, watching endless, watching the Browns lose for the 57th time. We, they come to expect this this time of worship and um you know that's one of the things that's a spiritual discipline too so mm-hmm. i'm discipling my family instead of running to 47 sports programs or 12 different ministries we had to get that right in our family and that routine and those were two super simple examples that you can listen to this podcast everyone knows what youtube is you can get storybook bible for 12 bucks and you know you can start this next week yeah so it's it's but you might have to say no to some other things, mm-hmm. but it's worth it. Mm-hmm. So kind of – I feel like what you're kind of alluring, uh, alluding to is a little bit of like you have to set that stuff and then that sets you up to be able to fill in time around it. But if you fill in time around it first, you're never going to have that because that time will just get completely filled up. I've seen that on stage. Uh, I think Ryan did it. He, he showed how like if you put this huge rock in a jar, then you can pour a ton of little stones in around it. But if you just dump in all these stones and then try to jam this huge rock in, it's not going to work. Yeah, and so what, which is the most important stone? And so my reading of God's Word and kind of me trying to do it all um, and then saying, wait, God designed it. Andy tells us that we should do this every day with our children. It's a super simple, clear direction for me. Like, yeah. i got to get that big rock first, mm-hmm. and then you're exactly right what fits around it. We also cleared Saturday nights for like a year. Yes, and just a family night. Just family night. We'd invite um, either grandparents uh, or we had some close friend, one one close family um, that that stuck with us for a year, and you know we shared a meal. We did exactly what I just said. We read the Bible together. We did some family worship, and we invited the grandparents into the mix for some family time. And just for a year, that was a super nice island of time that we knew we were going to get together yeah. as a family, and we could kind of restore. And that's you know it's a Sabbath, it's, yeah. you know it's it's biblical. Um, is it, is, are we able to do this in this modern life and, and how kind of, you know, 
we run our lives. I, it was super good for us to kind of develop that family culture, mm-hmm. which is then more attractive than the culture around us. Yeah. So We've been doing a little bit of that. Um, I would say maybe the last six months is we've been really careful with our Sundays now. Mm. And not, I'm not trying, like, I think Paul alludes to, like, Jesus, Jesus kind of fulfilled the Sabbath, but, if, but it, it's a great principle that we can look at still and be like, hey, let's take time away from the craziness of this life and mm-hmm. just rest in him. Mm-hmm. And so we've been doing that for like, I don't know, maybe like six months now of um, Sundays used to be, I'm a big, I'm a cyclist, so I, I like to ride my bike and life's crazy. So sometimes my wife works Saturdays. Um, I, I used to go for bike rides. I'm 40, 50 mile rides and I'll do them Sunday afternoon, like a little bit of my time. I mean, because at work, I'm, I'm keeping people alive during surgery. Then I come home, and I'm keeping these three little kids alive. I mean, it's just overwhelming. <laughs> so it's like a little bit of freedom. But what we kind of did was like, hey, what if you could – what if we could move to the 1045 service? So we pushed back from going to 9 to 1045, and I get up early, and I do my bike rides in the morning before church. And then Tony was like, well, what if we could try to get some of the chores done, like when I get home from work on Saturday or when – if I'm not working that week and be like, okay. And so I try to start mowing the lawn on Saturday nights and stuff like that. And so we've been real intentional about setting Sunday up of like, Hey, we're going to get up. Ben's, Ben's going to go get his two hours of alone time. And then we're going to get ready for church. We're going to go to church, come home. And the rest of the day is just for family. And it's been really fun. Like it has been so refreshing. And like last week we didn't do it because, um, and listen, we're going to be with family too. Like my brother and his kids and his wife were up here and there was a fall foliage tour in Medina County and my <laughs> sister and Cody and them came in. And so it was just running around all day, but we sat down at like nine o'clock and I'm like so tired. <laughs> and I'm like, I, so today I'm like, so looking forward to like just resting. And then Tony's like, well, we got trick or treat today. I'm like, ah, you know, <laughs> but, but it's, it's the thing here. And then we're going to sneak over to the zoo for a little bit. But, <laughs> but for us, that has been like a really important thing for us. And I think we're seeing some fun stuff of like, Hey, the girls now are expecting like Sunday, like you're going to get both of us. Mom and dad are both going to be home. Mm-hmm. We're going to eat together for sure. Mm-hmm. Probably going to do something fun. We might even go get ice cream or spoil you a little bit. And it's been fun. It's been fruit has been growing in that already. And Tanya's like, let's try to make this a thing as long as we can. Like, yeah. I don't care if they're 17. It's like, hey, Sundays, you're not hanging out with your friends. Yeah. Like this is a family day. Yeah. Yeah, so, so what happens, I think, Ben, we can do is say, hey, we're going to build, it's all about the family, and we make this family this kind of idol. Everything revolves around the family. It's only family, and you can build a, a big moat and a wall around that, and all, you're not really being a light in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, so how do you do that? How do you, how do you provide, be a husband, be a father, um, disciple your children, and, and now we're supposed to go out? Um, because others don't know the story of Jesus, and and we want to um, make sure they do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's an eternal yeah. impact, right? Yeah, we're not we're playing for keeps here. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So I think you have to do um, multiple things in the same time frame. So if you used to work out, um, or you still like to work out, um, you mentioned bike riding. Mm-hmm. How do I put a kid or two in the bike with me? Yeah, because now you're getting trailer. Some, I got a trailer. There you go. So look, listen. <laughs> I haven't to, used it much. <laughs> but the three rock. You're getting your workout. You're getting time with the kids, and Tanya's getting time without the kids. Um, so the wives just said, "Amen." Yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, that's that's okay. Maybe you want to disciple, um, um, you know, 
a, a brother uh, in Christ or a brother in your family, um, that costs you time too. Mm-hmm. So how do you go for a hike in the woods or a walk with them or invite them into your household for a night? And um, now you're doing it all in the same time frame. So, so you, I get, I see what you're saying now. Because I feel that tension. Like as a, dude, as a young dad, like that tension just lingers in everything. Of like everything I say, no, say yes to outside the home is like hitting Tanya with more in the home. Of like, hey, hon, I'm going to go to dinner at seven yeah. with some friends. It's like what? Yeah, you're leaving me during that time. Yeah, I'm going to go do a blog with Jesse. Yeah, what? Well, what? It's an hour and a half. We yeah. could have made breakfast together and got the laundry like, I done. I feel that <laughs> tension. So you're saying, keep going. Like. You kind of got to look at this of like we can we can accomplish a couple things at the same time. Yeah, like um, chore day, chore time with us as a family is two three hours on a Saturday where we're all working together. Hmm. Um, not always two or three hours. That's the ideal. Christine yeah. loves when we hit that once a year, but <laughs> at least you know an hour power hour of cleaning up together or something. Um, uh, so one of the things we met with Grace, um, I met with Joe Caruso, and as a family we met with them. Um, four years ago, so the twins were only five, and we're like, how do we serve together as a family? Hmm. What are some opportunities for, so we don't end up in separate ministries, all six Dolans go off in different areas, and we're not doing this together. Like, how can we be a light together? And there was, there's, it's, it's possible, but you really have to keep asking it's that question. It's not easy. Yeah. Certainly, I'm, I'm sure he doesn't get a lot of families coming to ask that, because <laughs> it's not easy. <laughs> well, we found, we found a couple. There's the go days. Um, that come out of the um, that come out of the ministry where on on Sunday nights, side of the Kingdom Kids, um, where they set up time for families to go serve. So that's that's once a quarter, I believe. Okay. Um, there's South Street Ministries, the bike shop. My whole family could show up there. So what is South Street Ministries? South Street Ministries is um, if you're coming across 76 on the south end of Akron, there, right by the jail. Um, there's a there's a ministry there called South Street. A family moved in. Um, and they've been impacting the community there for a better part of a decade, mm-hmm. and so they do a bike shop there. And so that's cool. I'm a, I'm bringing them. They're on my list of people to bring on. Okay. So one of the that in that particular ministry over the summer, if if you're 12 years old, you can work for 12 hours in the bike shop, and then you get a bike. So that's cool. You know, we could go down there as a family, and we don't know what we're doing. Christine's like, oh, here's a screwdriver. I'm like, yep, start poking at the bike. Like we're, yeah. people donate bikes, and you work with the kids. And so the kids have to show up depending on their age, you know, three or four weeks. It's every Monday and Wednesday. So you start to build a relationship with these children. But you're going, you know, they're coming out of um, distressed homes, yeah. not high incomes. They're super excited to get a bike. And you're just working on a bike with them. And bikes yeah. are pretty simple mechanically that even my seven-year-old daughters could, like, scrub the rubber tires. So yeah. it was just we were just showing up together. We were doing something together. Um, life group. It's a, it's a huge family ministry yeah. for us. My, my so daughter, you guys lead a life group. Yes, right. yes. On Monday nights, um, again, with my travel schedule, with work, and it's a, it's a burden for our family or a responsibility. Um, uh, and it's a big one. We, we started not knowing who would show up, and, and we have about 20 adults and about 22 kids that show up every Monday yeah, night. It's a crew. It's at your house? Yeah, it's at my house. So, but, so we have to have child care. We have young families, you know, so my oldest daughter uh, has been involved with that. Um, so yeah. Julie helps do the child care? Julie helps with the child care. Josh is 12 now, so he can hopefully lead in the right direction. Yeah. Sometimes he gets, um, he wants to play dodgeball the whole time. But there's just, the mentality is, folks, we're, we're kids, we're inviting people into our home. And we've been blessed with the home. 
And if we have others into our home and we can talk about Jesus um, and his word and worship together and pray together, this is the church. Mm -hmm. This is what it looked like for thousands of years. So we can do this as a family. And so, you know, the twins are setting up chairs now. They're wiping down. It takes all of us to get our home ready on a Monday night. Um, But that's, again, that's a ministry we can all do together. So South Street's one. Um, there, we also um, have has uh, two of the Grace students that have come through. You've housed the, them in your basement. Yeah. And so, you know, they lived with us for, um, you know, a, a full school year, so about nine, ten months. But then again, that's an opportunity where our kids get to um, be impacted by these students. Then the students get to be impacted for our family. So there's there's options out there where you can all go and serve together. And that's been we're, – we're all going to uh, Mazelon as a family um, in December. Um, it's something I've wanted to do for a long time. So I, you're going I, like a mission trip together. Yeah, it's a and it, but the whole family's going, and yeah. I just feel like that's cool, man. Yeah, that'd be really neat. It is, and I, I, you know, a lot of folks go out of the country and see what the church looks like out of the country, and I've been feeling called to do that for four or five years, and finally I'm able to do it, and I don't have to leave my family to do it. Yeah. I can bring them with me, and we'll all be impacted and see the same thing together. It won't be me coming back and saying, "Look what I learned." It'll yeah. be an experiential. You know, trip together to see what God's doing outside of the American culture of, of church. Yeah, and so it's a lot different. It is, but it's a big sacrifice. It's taken a lot of time to plan. It's and not and cheap. No, it's not cheap. Um, but again, that just that theme of, you know, build a foundation in your household of how you're going to disciple your family. God's designed it. It's going to work. You're, you're, you have a hard wire to your children's heart and brain that no one else has. Um, once you feel that strong enough, uh, go out. And, yeah. and it can look like different things. Maybe you're really into sports. Be the family that always volunteers, always does extra, always does the best snacks, and love others through sports. It might be um, maybe, you know, maybe you're at a workplace such as a hospital. Your family can get engaged. And there's so much serving opportunities available in, in a hospital-type setting. So just what is the special thing about your family that you can do together to make um, others curious about how does your family operate yeah. that way. Tanya and I have been having um, a lot of conversations about this, and specifically right now, um, Jeff's been Jeff and, and Ryan have been leading us through the the God and Money series. It's been it's been great. Um, so by the time this airs, we might be two series on, but that's all right. Um, <laughs> but if you think back to that series, I know I'm sure for a lot of listeners, it, it probably provoked a lot of thought and hopefully some conversation in in your marriage. And Tanya and I have been, you know, talking about this, like, what can we do financially to to highlight and to really emphasize, like, loving others and, like, expanding the kingdom f- so our kids can see it? Because like, I want them to be a part of it. I want to provide. Like as a dad, there's that tension of like I want to provide. I want them to to love this house, to want to be here, to want to bring friends here, to like look back in their childhood and be like, this is great. Like they drive up this this driveway in 30 years. It's great memories. But at the same time, I want them to experience like some sacrifice. I want them to experience like serving and like being like, hey, we're actually not going to do this this month because we're going to give this money. And we're going to go do this instead. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's something that we're just kind of starting to have those conversations. Like, what does this look like? Because now Nola's four and Lena's three and Chase seven months or eight months. So it's like, but I'm like taking from you what I've, what you've kind of taught me in the last six months is like, it's a lot easier, Ben, if you start doing that now when Nola's four, than if when she's 16, you say, hey, hey, 
guess what we're going to start doing? Because she's going to buck that, right? Yeah. She's going to be like, I don't want anything to do. Yeah. I'm not, that, that seems weird. Yeah. But if, if I can build this into my children now when they're young, then it's just who they are. Yeah. It's just like, oh, of course this yeah, is yeah. what we're doing. We're, of course we're driving these cars instead of these cars or whatever because look who else we get to do. Um, but I don't know, man. I, I, I feel like you have such a cool super intentionality. And the, the thing of it is is like I don't, I don't – I want to be like that, but I don't want it to even be like, oh, he's super intentional. I want it to be like, yeah, that's normal. Like that's what should be normal. But, it, but it's not, you know? And so – Well, I, I think, Ben, what, what's hard what, – sometimes when you hear someone sharing these stories and you're like, my family could never be like that. Mm-hmm. How do we get from here to there? It's a step. Step I, at I a just, time. Yeah, that mustard seed of faith. We went kicking and screaming. We didn't want to pull back from those groups of people. We didn't yeah. want to instruct, educate our children in the home. You know, we that's it's not natural to chase after change and discomfort. Yeah, um, it's a so little true. it's a little step. So it's like you know you 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 know this vision of Mazalan, it that's a big deal. It took us like I said four or five years to get there. So it, you know it started with hey let's pick up that person's tab over there. It's a whole family. We see them. Guys, let's pray before we do it. Let's not even tell them we're doing it, and let's just do it. Kids super, super excited. Us going to Goodwill and saying, hey, everybody in line right now, we're going to go up and pay pay their their bills. I mean, some of them were like 12 bucks. It yeah. had nothing to do with the money. It was just the kids seeing us That's cool. give and, and realizing it wasn't hard. It was super rewarding and exciting. Um, just, you know... It, it, it's 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 little steps like that that just t- they don't even take that much time. It's just you got to remember to do it. Like let's pick up the folks behind us in the Starbucks line and just say a prayer for them. It's yeah. it's a li- again that rhythm and routine over time, you know, blazes a trail that now they're comfortable getting on. So when you go from you know picking up a Starbucks line to taking our Christmas break to go to another country, they're ready for that. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I hike. I hike, and that first time you go out and you cut the trail is super hard. Yeah. The second time, not it's as easier hard. Easier and easier. The third time, the kids are going on the trail without you. Yeah. So that's that's cool. Because I mean, we're not. I can't save my children, right? I can't turn their hearts to God, but I, it's clear in in the Bible, like you can't do that, but you can certainly make Jesus make sense to them. I mean, yeah. that was Jeff was saying on stage the other day. He's like, we want to make Jesus make sense to the world, and like. I hear your heart is like, yeah, and step one needs to be in your own home, right? Absolutely. I want my girls to be like, oh, I saw Jesus from my dad my entire childhood. And that way they that just makes sense to them to walk into. And then farther down the road, they're looking for spouses. It's like, well, this guy's a clown. He doesn't do anything like my dad did. He yeah. doesn't show Jesus. You know, I mean, there's just huge steps that are coming. And I feel like my kids are in like a real small spot, but it just snowballs into like playing for keeps, man, as things go down the road and, and – uh, and it's a great time to start would be now. So, Jesse, I've really enjoyed this time, man. I, what a blessing to sit with you. I, I know people are going to love this. I, I hope people take, take away um, something from this. And I, I loved hearing your heart and you, the way that Jesus has impacted you and Christine and your kids. And, and you know, if you, if you need more of this, and reach out to Jesse. You yeah, know, I absolutely. Mean, you can find I, him easy. Yeah. Big, tall guy. Look him up on Facebook. If you, if you need help, I know he's, he's super helpful and super um, – uh, pumped to help people and, and, and give his time away w- when he has it. So uh, I appreciate being here.